Those are dangerous words, my man. He said, take your time. Bro, it's official right here, man. I got a pulpit. Look at this. This is fancy. Wow. Man, I feel right at home. I sure love this house. I love the church. The building is cool, but I love the church. I love you, and that's uh, so good to be with you. Love your pastors, and uh, Pastor Dale, he's one of a kind. There's no one quite like Pastor Dell. <laughs> and, um, and I love him tremendously. Um, so proud of you it's on so many levels. And uh, he's, he's gifted. We know he's gifted, and he, he already knows it, so we don't have to tell him how gifted he is. Great preacher, evangelist, prayer warrior, prophetic. He's a great chef. Dress is all right, too. It's all right. But, uh, man, I was so proud of you. Um, not just because of, of what I see here, um, but even up at MFI, I thought, did any, any of you come up to MFI Portland, a couple of you guys? Yeah. I thought, I thought your pastor crushed it. I thought he was phenomenal. And I uh, kicked off the conference, strong word, raised the bar. Now it's like, good luck, y'all, trying to catch up. And uh, great time. And uh, so many people came to compliment me. I'm like, I didn't do that. That was him. So... Um, Love Collide City Church. I love, I love what the Lord is doing here. Love your pastor. And last time I was here, he was only Andrew. Now he's Pastor Andrew. And uh, Pastor Andrew and Sarah, you guys are amazing. She got all kinds of swag. I mean, she, she, like, she dresses well. And uh, see, fellas, listen. God is good, right? Andrew, Andrew married way out of his league. So there's hope for everyone. Amen? <laughs> amazing. So those of you watching online, we're just having way too much fun, so just make yourself at home wherever you're tuning in from, and uh, we are one church in many different locations, right? What's trippy about even technology, um, technology is neutral. It can be used for evil or good, right? Uh, when COVID first hit and people were all, they were tripping off of like, oh man, are you going to be like an online kind of church? I'm like, no, it's just the avenue. And the Lord spoke to me from Acts chapter 19 where it says that he was performing incre incredible miracles through the apostle Paul, and Paul was not like... Uh, omnipresent. He can only be at one place at one time. So he was sending out his handkerchief or aprons to different places, and people were being healed, right? And the Holy Spirit says, hey, the methods, the methods aren't sacred. My anointing is. So don't limit how I want to flow through you. Use the internet. Use whatever means are available, and send my anointing to other people that need it. And uh, so we've been watching people get saved online. If you're tuning in online right now, I believe that God knows exactly where you're at, whether you're watching it live or later sometime down the road. The anointing finds you. So I'm so pumped to be here. Uh, if you have your Bibles, go with me all the way to Genesis chapter 28. 28. And I'm going to, uh, I'm going to preach with you because I'm not going to preach at you. I'd love for you to engage with me and holler at your boy, wave your hanky if you got one, or your mask for just a brief second and put it back on if you need to. This week, by the way, um, my wife, my better half, she's not here. She truly is a woman of God. Because she has put up with me for 25 years this week. So we just celebrated 25 years. She is amazing. Now, her dream is for us to go on a trip to, I'm always tripping, but she, she wants us to go on a trip to Europe for our 25th, right? And I've taken her to many overseas trips, but there are like mainly missions trips, you feel me? So those don't count. Uh, so she wants a real 25-year anniversary trip. She wants to go to Italy. She wants to go explore and just... You know, and anyone ever been to Italy before? Buongiorno, bello, a couple of you, right? Uh, but it's rainy season right now. So she said, babe, I'll, I'll take a rain check. <laughs> no pun intended. But we will go like late uh, winter. So we're planning on going sometime, I don't know, maybe February or March. But I couldn't uh, allow this week to go by without doing a little something, something. You know what I'm saying? So I surprised her. Last minute, surprised her. Flew her out to New York to watch a Broadway show earlier this week. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Took her out to some great food, great dinner. We watched the Michael Jackson show that just came out this week. It was cracking. It was, it was awesome. And, um, and then, I mean, we had a great time, and she wanted to go to Times Square. So we're walking around, and we're walking back to the hotel. It's late at night. It's like 1230, almost 1 o'clock, which for us was only like 10 o'clock. Like, man, we're still early. It's like, you know. And um, as, as we're making our way back to the hotel, this, this dude walks up. Hey, uh, do you believe in the Bible? And I'm like, dude, I'm on a date. I do, I do, I do. You know, like, I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff. And he's like, uh, can I ask a few questions about the Bible? And I'm like, off top, bring it. 
So, uh, so he starts asking me a variety of questions, and so far, so good. And like, so, so you believe in Jesus? I do. I do. The Holy Spirit? I said, off top? Absolutely. Of course I do. Believe in God the Father? Yes. What about God the Mother? I'm like, what? <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> and like, well, you know, like in the Hebrew, you know, it says in Genesis 1 that he created man in his image, and, blah, 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 blah. and he goes off like this whole thing, like, bruh, dude, I, I'm on a date. <laughs> And it's like, as we say back home, ain't nobody got time for this right here. And I'm like, bro, I'm just honest tonight. Would you like to come to Bible study? Nope. And then I'm like, I just didn't feel the compassion. I'm like, bro, I'm going to rebuke you right now. You're like leaven. That leaven's a lump. You're full of it right now. You got to stop and turn to Jesus and repent. And I bounced. In Jesus' name. And I left. I didn't feel convicted, though. But I did feel stirred agitated, irked, anointed. About a block later, it was one dude, he must have called or texted his homeboys down the other block, because now two homeboys come up to me, hey, can we ask a couple questions? But I felt the anointing on me. And my wife was like, oh no, oh no, oh no. And I'm like, bring it, yeah, what, what, what can I answer for you? And um, they started asking me, like, same line, so do you believe in God the mother? Um, Mother God, I'm like, so we start going around this just a little bit, right? <laughs> and, but I felt the anointing, the same anointing that I feel to prophesy all of us and rested on me. And um, I felt like open heavens right then and there. I'm like, man, you all talking smack about my God and you're trying to pervert the word of God. You're trying to shove your ideologies and trying to make something that is so clear, confusing. And... Um, so he's going on, and he's being very eloquent, using all kinds of words and, you know, that are complicated words. Well, in the Hebrew, blah, 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 saying all these weird things. I'm like, bro, can, can I just ask you one question, though? Remember when Jesus said he would send a helper? Yep. Who was that again? The Holy Spirit. I said, yes, the Holy Spirit who would lead us in all truth and teach us all truth. Why don't we right now take a pause break right now, and let's pray and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal truth. Let's pray. And they're like, no, no. I mean, straight up. Straight up, Fifth Avenue, uh, downtown, midtown, Manhattan, and they're saying, no, because I call upon the name of Jesus, and I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, to come and to engage in our conversation, and they could feel it, and they're like, no, and they're like, I'm, I'm telling you, the anointing, like, yeah. oh, really? It's called the anointing for deliverance, because I'm about ready to cast something out of these homeboys, right? Spirit of deception that is on them. So I'm like, no, 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 for real. Like, you, you've dished out. Now it's my turn to kind of bring us into a place of revelation. Why don't I pray right now? Again, no! And they yell. And the leader of the two, like, you know what? We got to go right now. We got to go. I go, let's pray right now. No. They couldn't take it. And then, dude, like, Pastor Dale, they just, they bounced. I, I wish I could tell you that I was able to, like, bring deliverance. And they started manifesting. They, they just, they boogied right then and there. My wife was all stirred. And then she starts praying, God, in a real soft way, God. Would you just reveal your truth to them? She starts kind of crying. I'm like, oh, damn. <laughs> she is the real minister around here. With I was ready to confront, and she was coming with compassion, but she was anointed as well. That happened this week. It's trippy. Unexpected appointments. Wherever you go, the Holy Spirit goes with you. So even though you may have just watched a Michael Jackson special and you're on a date somewhere, the Holy Spirit is still wanting to receive he wants to not deceive he wants to guide people into truth so let me bring you to genesis 28 that wasn't even part of my sermon that was just a little that's freebie good story right there genesis 28 says this meanwhile verse 10 meanwhile jacob left Beersheba and traveled towards haran at sundown he arrived at a good place to set up camp and he stopped there for the night and jacob found a stone to rest his head against and he lay down to sleep <laughs> dog between Talk about being between a rock and a hard place, you know what I'm saying? That was his pillow. As he slept, he dreamed of a stairway that reached from the earth up to heaven, and he saw the angels of God going up and down the stairway. At the top of the stairway stood the Lord, and he said, I am the Lord your God, the God of your grandfather Abraham, the God of your father Isaac. The ground that you're lying on belongs to you, and I'm giving it to you and your descendants. Your descendants will be as numerous as the dust on the earth, and they will spread out in all directions to the west and to the east. 
to the north and to the south, and all the families of the earth will be blessed through you and your descendants. What's more, I am with you. Y'all need to receive that tonight. Doesn't matter where you're at, God is with you. I am with you, and I will protect you wherever you go. One day I will bring you back to this land, and I will not leave you until I have finished giving you everything that I have promised you. Listen, God keeps track of every word, every thought. He doesn't lose track. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep, and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I wasn't even aware of it. Fifth Avenue, Midtown, Manhattan, New York. Surely the Lord was there. But he was also afraid, and he said, What an awesome place this is. It is none other than the house of God, the very gateway to heaven. Can you say gateway? gateway. The very gateway to heaven. I'm going to talk about open heavens tonight a little bit because open heavens is not just a destination. It's a lifestyle. And I'm going to talk about how to walk in the anointing and the grace and how to actually call down heaven to earth. And we'll explore that. But let me pray and we'll jump in together. Lord, we, we love you. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. Father, I thank you for this house. As we sang during worship, build your church. Jesus, you said that you would build your church. What an honor it is to partner with you and to be a part of something that is everlasting. It'll outpace us, outrun us, outlast us. God, we thank you that we get to play a little part in this master plan of redemption. God, I pray that even tonight you would use me to articulate and to communicate those things that you have for your church tonight, both those in person and those online as well. Pray that your name would be glorified in the name of Jesus, and everyone said amen and amen. So, hey, if I haven't met you yet, maybe you're hanging out for maybe the first time tonight, or you've been coming for a little while. I may not know your story, but God sure does. But if you're kind of new to faith, here's the backdrop to this story. Jacob, this dude right here, he's got all kinds of promise. He's, he's received blessings generationally from God through his grandpa Abraham, and then uh, his pops Isaac, and then he's got a twin brother Esau, who was slightly older than him. And uh, he was always duking it out with Esau. And even from the womb, like coming out, it's like, who's going to come out first? And they're wrestling. And he's always like, he's trying to one-up his brother. And, and his name, when it comes to his, his name itself, it means you are a cheater. You are a player. You are a supplanter. And he had just, he had just worked his brother one more time. And this time, it's like, man, his brother's out to kill him, literally. And he's running for his life. He's just deceived his dad, his brother. He stole the, the promise, the inheritance, if you will, the blessing that his, his dad had for, for the sons. And he's running for his life. And he's got nothing. He's got no friends running with him. And he's navigating through this wilderness. And he's out in the middle of nowhere. There's no Uber Eats out there where he was at. No Airbnb that he could crash. He finds a good place to set up camp. And doesn't even have a pillow so he finds a, a rock and that's where he leans his head and next thing you know as he's asleep he all of a sudden sees a vision and God begins to communicate can I can I just kind of remind us a little bit of scripture in the Old Testament the Holy Spirit was not indwelling people's lives so how did people how did God speak to people back in those days he would he would bring revelation through prophets most of the times however he would either speak through angels or through dreams and you know that when it comes to men God sometimes has to speak to men with dreams. I think of like Mary and Joseph, right? The angel shows up to Mary and it's like, oh, let it be unto me according to your purposes, right? The angel has us like this deep conversation with her. But we all know that if an angel straight up talked to Joseph, he'd be, oh, heck, nah. Like, I ain't going to go for that. So he has to take a nap. And as he's asleep, then God begins to speak to him through a dream. Am I preaching to somebody? So dreams can be heavenly. Dreams can be good. If you're dreaming right now, wake up. <laughs> so in this particular case, you got Jacob. He's, he's sleeping, and through a dream, God begins to reveal who he is. He begins to remind him of the promises that had been declared over his grandpa and his dad and over his life. And he, he continued to, to fan into flame, so to speak, those, those prophetic words that had been declared over Abraham. It says, you and your descendants will be blessed. Where in Scripture had God spoken to Jacob about that before? He hadn't. But he's echoing what he had already declared in the corridors of time many years prior. And he's speaking to Jacob in this place of discomfort. Can I tell you right now, some of you are in a season of discomfort right now. But I, can, I, can I tell you that in a season of discomfort is where you'll have a season of encountering God. Many of Oh, come on, somebody. It's like, I thought y'all like would preach with me. I got a couple. 
in your seasons of discomfort, it's a setup for an opportunity to encounter God. See, when things are going good, many times we kind of like, God, I got this from here. Just keep on sending blessings, blessings and send me where I need to go. But when we find ourselves in difficult moments and discomfortable, uncomfortable uh, seasons, there it's a, it's a prime setup for God to reveal his ways, his heart, his desires for us. So if you're going through hell right now, it's a good thing. There is a blessing in your test right now. I mean, I know your story, where you're going through or what you're going through, but God knows exactly who you are. And if you feel like you're at a hard place, God knows exactly how to speak your language, whether through a dream or through other circumstances, you're set up for a divine appointment, a divine encounter with him. Am I preaching to somebody so far? In his discomfort, he encountered God. It was fascinating to me, and we can take this whole time, that place he would, it would be called in Bethel. Bethel, the house of God. Bethel, the house where God dwells. In his dream, it says that Jacob saw this ladder. Like, I don't know, I, I imagine it more like an escalator, right? Angels ascending, descending. And it was like an open heaven. All of a sudden, heaven came to earth. And there was like this divine interaction, this divine exchange. And he was like, Pfft. and God began to speak to him through the top of this ladder, which represents heaven, the kingdom of heaven. Now, let me, let me explore this thought with you for just a little bit more because you travel all the way into the New Testament, and then all of a sudden you start seeing Jesus talk about, hey, the kingdom of heaven, it's, it's at hand. Jesus was ushering. He was bringing the kingdom of heaven everywhere he would go. He's bringing the kingdom of heaven to them right where they're at. See, I, 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 am, not a, I am not a human being with a spirit, and neither are you. You don't have a spirit. I'm like, people are like, oh, brah, like, now you tripping, Pastor. San Francisco, man, it's messed with you. No, I'm not, I'm not a human being with a spirit. I'm actually a spirit with a human body. So the epicenter of you is not what you see in the mirror. I'm talking about the man in the mirror. <laughs> Just influenced a little bit by this week. We are spirit beings created in the very image of God, and it just so happens that we have an earthly shell, an earthling shell. This one started with hair. Red hair. I have plenty of it. And then something happened. But what we see in the mirror is not the true us. There's much more to us. We are eternal beings created in the image of God. God is eternal. He has no beginning and no end. We have a beginning but no end. That's why maybe if you're kind of new and you've been kind of hanging out for a few weeks or maybe tonight's the first time here, listen, your life is eternal. You had a beginning, but there's no end. The key is where will we spend eternity? Are we going to be close to God or distant from God? That's the key. So Jesus, he comes from this heavenly place. He comes, becomes, he's born into this world and it's Christmas season, so we're going to become, we're going to watch the nativity scenes and all the Christmas stories. For Christians, every season is Christmas season. Every day of the year, Jesus is the reason for our seasons, right? So Jesus is born, and he's raised, and we read scripture at the age of 30. He's baptized by his cousin, and then all of a sudden, there is an open heaven where all of a sudden you hear a voice. This is my son that I love, and in him I am well pleased. Nowhere else in the New Testament had the people actually heard audibly the voice of the Father, but there was an open heaven in that place. And as to confirm his word, it says, it says that the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, came and rested upon Jesus like a dove. Sound effects for the dove. I'm just making myself right at home. How, how's your coffee? Mine's pretty good. See, because what Jesus was, was doing, he was introducing the kingdom of heaven on earth Prior to him, there were locations, destinations, where we read through Scripture where God would open, if you will, a portal from heaven to earth. And there would be this translation, if you will, where either angels would descend or the glory of God would be revealed. But prior to Jesus, you would have to go to destinations, in this case the Jordan River, for there to be an open portal or an open heaven. But Jesus was about to change everything. He says, now you don't have to go to a destination. I'm about to turn things around and you become the portal yourself. Where everywhere you go, you can actually call heaven on earth. 
You don't have to go to a place. You become the place, the habitation of the Spirit of God. Am I preaching to somebody? So in the Old Testament, you'd have different times. I think of Elijah where he's about ready to, to, to transition and, and, and throw the mantle, so to speak, to Elisha. And it says that all of a sudden he's, he gets caught up. Can I tell you, in my opinion, that's an open heaven, a portal into heaven because he would physically never die. He gets caught up in this place, and the mantle falls. I think of different instances in Scripture where all of a sudden there was a little glimpse of heaven where God would come and either through an angel or through an epiphany, if you will, he would, he would come and reveal his heart, his ways, and he would communicate with mankind. This place, Bethel, the very gateway of heaven, Jacob would encounter heaven on earth. But Jesus would flip everything. I don't want you just to go to, to these destinations. I want you to become the destination. It says in Revelation 4.1, Jesus talking to John, and he's revealing these different things through like this dream, this vision that, God, that John would find himself in. And Jesus communicates and he says, come up here, Revelation 4.1. Come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. So in other words, he's, he gets caught up in this vision and Jesus is opening this portal and says, hey, step up. Look through the portal of time. Look through the eyes of heaven and see what I'm about to do down the road. Then if you find, read in John chapter 1, this is the beginning of Jesus' ministry when he's recruiting his interns or his disciples. He's going and inviting different ones. And I love this one. It's just a very quick verse. Uh, John 1, 48 through 51, three verses that says, how do you know me? Nathaniel asked him. Like, bro, like, how did you, like, describe me like that? He goes on to say, Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip even called you. Before your brother called you, I could already see you. Why? Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi or teacher, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Ding, 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 ding. Correct answer, Nathanael. And Jesus would respond. He says, you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. He then added, very truly I tell you, you will see, like when, he, when, when the word of God says, very truly or very, verily, verily, I tell unto or I say unto thee. It means, bro, listen up, for real, like real talk now. For real, for real. You will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. So you ain't seen nothing yet. But I'm telling you, and you can take this into the bank. You're going to see, what is he saying? You're going to see the kingdom of heaven open up and there's going to be divine and heavenly activity, angels ascending and descending from heaven to Jesus himself. And yet that wasn't the complete story because Jesus then would actually later on introduce that to his, his disciples and the early church. What am I trying to tell you right here? Jesus became the portal. But the Bible says, Christ in us, the hope of glory. When Jesus takes the pro his proper place in our lives, when he's enthroned in our lives, listen, when you invited Jesus into your heart, he physically isn't the one who's actually living inside of you. The Bible actually tells us that he is seated where? Where? In heavenly places. And yet he's alive and active, working through us. Christ in us. How is he in us? By the Holy Spirit. So Jesus, he opens a portal and then he says, and then I'm going to send my spirit and you will receive power when the spirit of God comes upon you, he says in Acts chapter 1. Jesus then indwells us by the Holy Spirit. Now, Jesus, who is the way, the truth, the gateway. Come on, somebody. He is the way to the Father. This is a doctor right here, bro. I'm like, I'm just massaging it. I'm going to leave it here, and you can unpack it. You can unpack it and preach it some more. Jesus, now in us by his Holy Spirit, becomes a, a mobile porter, if you will. Like, like some places you go, and there's no, no Wi-Fi. Like someone's saying, there's not great Wi-Fi around here. You know how you can take those little mobile Wi-Fi, what are they called again? Hotspot. Thank you very much. I like that. Wherever you go, you become a hotspot. I'm going to say it again. Wherever you go, because the Spirit of God indwells you, you become a hotspot. Wherever you go, you can actually become a portal to heaven yourself. Wherever you go, greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. That when you call upon the name of the Lord, something happens. You actually have the power to open a portal or even close it, should you choose to do so. I go some places to minister, and it's like, whoo, it is heavy up in here. It is oppressive. Like, man, I'm talking about churches, <laughs> not this place. I go to some places to minister, and they want the prophetic to flow. It's like, 
Y'all need to like worship a little. Stop the music. The music sounds great, but there's no anointing up in here. The band is tight. The music looks, or the, the, the visuals sound good, but there's, there's not open heavens because the worship ain't going up. Some artists said, when the praises go up, the blessings come down. That, that ain't necessarily true. That ain't necessarily true. When the praises go up, blessings come down. You were blessed before praises went up. Before God said on your mark, get ready, get set, go, you were already blessed. Before you even said yes to him, you were blessed. Mm, I could preach that for a minute. When we go into places sometimes, it's like, man, it is like, whoo, it is heavy here. It's like, what's going on? The heavens are open. What's going Holy Spirit, I thought you were in me. Spiritual resistance. It says in Daniel that Daniel was waiting for the angel to come to instruct, but he was buffeted. That means resisted by the prince of Persia. Spiritual entities that were resisting the angel from coming to be able to instruct and mentor Daniel and share what God wanted us to speak to him. So there's a battle in the heavenly. Sometimes there are, they're not just clouds, but they're spiritual clouds. And we're like, Lord, we're calling out to you. That's why we fast. That's why when pastor says, hey, we're going into a season of consecrations, we need to fast and seek the Lord. Why? Because we're believing. We're calling the, hev- the kingdom of heaven here on earth. Sometimes we got to press in to open the heavenly portals. My kids, I got four kids. Trippy how that happened, right? Some people think that I really love kids. The truth is I really love my wife. <laughs> That's what happens, you know what I'm saying? Can we keep it? All right, keep going, keep going. So God bless us with four kids. And these, these four kids are, they're blessing. My, my daughters, I got two beautiful girls. They look like mama, they're beautiful. Not too long ago, I said, girls, like, hey, where'd you get your beautiful looks from? I'm like, dad, of course, mom. <laughs> Smart. But where'd you get your smarts from? Dad, of course, mom. <laughs> and so what do you get from dad? Your money. <laughs> So God bless us with these four kids, and, and they, they keep us praying, and we have to keep, you know, declaring the word of God over them and believing for them and speaking God's destiny over their lives, and it's, it's a work in progress, and we're all learning along the way. And, and when it comes to this journey of believing in God, like, Lord, um, sometimes it feels like there's a cloud over them or over us. We need some guidance. We feel some resistance. Why, why is there, like, some resistance in our progress? And even as a family, we begin to pray, and sometimes like, man, and then there are days, Pastor Dale, where it's like, man, we barely sneeze, and like, woo, I can feel the anointing here. My youngest kid starts praying, it's like, woo, the anointing of God is in the room. He's only 12 years old, and he prays very simplistically, but man, you can feel the presence of God. Why does that happen? Why is it that in some places, it's like really heavy, and other places, it's wide open? That's what I want to talk to you about tonight how to actually access the heart of God and how to become that hot spot wherever you go where you can actually call the kingdom of heaven to earth, where you can open that place and the atmosphere begins to change and all of a sudden two or three. And by the way, if one can put a 1,000 to flight, two, 10,000. So when we come together, the Bible says that there's an anointing in the cluster. Wherever you, whenever you come to a season of prayer and seeking the Lord and you come and you worship and you lift his name together, all of a sudden, the heavens begin to open, and that's where the miracles begin to happen. Is it because the Holy Spirit is less than when you're alone? Not at all. The Holy Spirit is not about quantity. Wherever you go, you have the full measure of the Holy Spirit. But when we come together, there is something about a togetherness heart, a togetherness of spirit, that when we come together, we're praying in one mind, in one accord, Acts chapter 2, suddenly, the sound like like a mighty rushing wind, it fills the room. And all of a sudden, the Spirit of God comes. And I like to believe that Acts chapter 2, they opened a portal to heaven. As they're praying, they didn't know what the Holy Spirit looked like or how he sounded or what the experience would be like. But as they're waiting for the helper that Jesus had promised, as they're praying, all of a sudden, that place was just overwhelmed with the presence. I believe that there was a portal that was open for 120 people. And a sound came. The sound of heaven began to flow through that place, and their lives would never be the same again. Sometimes, Pastor Dell, as I travel, and I'm sure you've experienced this, you go to some places, particularly Latino culture, man, they, these people know how to pray. 
Maybe not like the Korean folks, but these Latino folks know how to pray. <laughs> and they know how to eat great food, too. So, so we traveled to Central or South America. And if you don't know, I'm Brazilian, by the way, right? So I can talk about my peeps that way. But um, they know how to press in. And prayer meetings aren't for like an hour. Like, all right, that's it. We pray for hours. And we call upon the name of the Lord. And you go into these places and signs and wonders begin to happen without you almost doing anything. Because there's open heavens. There's, there's heavenly activity. Angels ascending, descending, uh, healing angels. I mean, a variety of different things. Power of God is released. In some places we go, it is oppressive. Some places we go, it's like, man, it is heavy. And we got to press in and we got to press through and we got to fast and we got to seek the Lord together. And that's why I believe in the power of praying together. If your husband and wife here in the room, pray together. There's something about togetherness. Small groups, the congregation, the people of God praying together. And that's how you begin to create an open heaven for the congregation but over the individuals as well. My, my preaching to somebody, all right. Again, I'm, I'm dropping some foundational stuff because I'd love for you to explore this some more. The Bible indicates that there are many different places through Scripture where there were open heavens geographically. But Jesus then, like I said, the main idea, he came to make it available wherever you go. That wherever you call upon the name of the Lord, there you will be saved. You will be rescued. I think of, of Acts chapter 16 where Paul and Silas, they're in this, this excuse the term, crap hole. It's a dungeon, and, and, and if you study their, their culture and their tradition, not only was, they, was it a, a cell or a jail, that they were, they were in the bottom of this jail. Oftentimes, they would build it into the side of a mountain. So, and, and then anything from the other cells would just flow and drip all the way to where they were at. So that's why the smell, the stench, the nastiness, they're down there. And in the midnight hour, as they're singing hymns, as they're sp singing spiritual songs with no lyrics on the, on the screens, in shackles, as they're seen, suddenly an earthquake comes. Why? Because there was an open heaven. As they're calling upon the name of the Lord, something in the supernatural <laughs> begins to open, and all of a sudden, the presence of God comes and fills that place, and like an earthquake <laughs> is shook, and all the prison doors were open. Acts 16, it's phenomenal. Understanding how to pray and how to worship the Lord and how to press into him and create that hot spot where you can experience the presence of God and those around you then will experience it as well. I remember not too long ago when I was a youth pastor and um, I was meeting with one of my disciples for coffee. This is when Starbucks was like the bougie place to go, right? And now it's like the, the most generic place. Thank you for Pete's, by the way. Sarah, thank you. Thank you for looking out. Um, but, but Starbucks, when it was like a new thing, like, ooh, Starbucks, the mermaid place, right? It's like, <laughs> I'm there with my disciple, and we're talking about kingdom things, and then straight up, the Holy Spirit just kind of like warns me, get ready. Get ready for what? <laughs> get ready. And as I'm, I'm talking to him, and I look over his shoulder, I see a witch literally coming into the front doors of this Starbucks or where I was at. And I knew it. I didn't have, hey, excuse me, lady, are you a witch? Because <laughs> you look like one. Like, I knew it. I, I, I knew it. And it wasn't like she had a broom or anything like that. But this girl was like straight up like she was, she was leading her own congregation. That means that she was demonized with a bunch of demons. Leading her own. Anyways, you, you're with me. She walks in, and I, I feel instinctively, and I'm, I'm, we're talking kingdom things right here. So we're already having a kingdom moment. There's already a portal right there. But all of a sudden now, a different portal is coming in. because she's, she's got ask, access to another spiritual dimension. Wherever she's going, she has an open portal to hell, if you will. So now there's a clash. Open heaven and the gates of hell. And straight, real talk, she walks through these doors. The doors come, and as soon as she walks in, she can't take another step. She walks in and she stops. And it's like, she can't move forward. And I'm just in the spirit. I'm leaning in, not because I'm all spiritual, but the Lord warned me and prepped me, and I'm doing warfare at that moment in the name of Jesus. And I start rebuking all a variety of different demons and evil spirits that I was sensing. I began to just declare the word of God, and she can't move. All these little mugs that they have, ding, 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 start like rattling and shaking, coffee beans, boof, start falling all throughout the room. People stop, and they're like, what's going on? And she can't move. The clash of two portals. But Jesus says, I will build my church, 
and the gates, the portals of hell will not prevail against her. Everywhere I go, I am the church. I don't do church. I don't go to church. I am church. I am the access point. Why? Because the Holy Spirit lives inside of me. Wherever you go, you are the church. You are the portal. You are the very gateway because Jesus is in you, and you are the gateway. He is the gateway to heaven. All of a sudden, she can go in and order her little latte. Venti ice brevi, upside down, caramel macchiato. Girl, you ain't getting none of that. Getting none of that. And all of a sudden, she just couldn't move, and, and it's like it's intense, and everything just kind of slowed down. And then all of a sudden, she just stops, can't move forward, and she says, it's closed here, and she walks out. Her access point was closed there. She couldn't proceed. She couldn't move forward under that anointing. We had an open heaven, an open portal, if you will. She couldn't penetrate that. She couldn't get into that space. Am I preaching to somebody here? So back in the day, you'd have to go to a place in order to access the presence of God. But now Jesus says, I'm about to do a new thing. And the Holy Spirit is going to come. He is with you now, but soon he's going to be in you. And everywhere you go, you will have access to the heart of the Father. Let me give a couple more thoughts, maybe five brief thoughts on these heavenly portals or these open heavens. My hope is that I can encourage you today, regardless of what you're going through, regardless of how much experience you've got, regardless of how much Bible training you've had, the fact that you open your heart to Jesus and his Holy Spirit comes to indwell you, you have these same privileges. You have this access point. And the Holy Spirit himself, who is our personal trainer, our personal teacher, he will teach you the ways of the Spirit. Let me give you five thoughts very quickly. When it comes to open heavens, why open heavens? Why would God want us to experience that? A couple brief thoughts. Number one, a heavenly portal, it gives you the ability to see, hear, and declare God's will, his will here on earth as it is in heaven. I was telling you about my kids, and they're, they're kind of into, like, like, the Marvel movies. Anybody, like, dig some DC comics or Marvel movies at all? Just the three of you? Someone was yawning and stretching. I'll take that hand. That's cool. We'll work with that. We'll work with it. My son the other day, like, Dad, Spider-Man is coming out, the new Spider-Man movie. I think they're going to have all the different characters in one. Oh, my God. He's, like, so excited. Before there was Doctor Strange where he could, like, do his little fire wheel, step in through a portal, God was already traveling time. God was already doing all that. And I have to be careful with these analogies because witchcraft does not honor God at all. Voodoo stuff like that, that ain't, that, that ain't good at all. It's just a cheap imitation of the real deal. See, the enemy is always trying to copy what God does. He's like those, those fake uh, uh, off-whites, if you know what I'm saying, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Those Nike off-whites, the fake ones? You can, pay, you can pay a lot of money over like thousands of dollars for the real ones, or you can like go to like these Folex little spots and find the, the fake ones. Anyways, the enemy is just like that. He's a cheap copycat. In the same way that we read about the gifts of the Spirit in the Bible, there's the gifts of demonic spirits. We can prophesy by the Holy Spirit, and in witchcraft, you can prophesy the will of the devil. Now, you're like, man, what are you talking about, PJJ, Pastor John, John? Think of, of Moses. He goes into Pharaoh's court. He throws his staff. It turns into a snake. The magicians, they throw their staff, and they, they turn into snakes as well. But his, his snake or his staff was better than theirs, right? So they, they are cheap copycats. So everything that we see in the spirit realm the demonic, they do the same. You pray in, in tongues in the spirit. You go into like voodoo places, they pray in tongues in demonic spirits. So it's a, it's a, cheap, it's a cheap counterfeit version of the authentic, of the real deal. So I got to be careful when I use these analogies. But for the visual, I think the visual actually helps us understand. When Dr. Strange, when he does his little thing and the other like Asian dude is like doing his little wheel thing. Right? Little fire thing he goes around. And then he can step through it and he goes into another dimension. The kingdom of heaven, if I can use, and I don't want to cheapen it to that, but when we open, when we open our hearts and we call upon the name of the Lord, something opens in the spirit realm where you can actually, you're in this dimension, you can actually step into a different dimension and your mind is no longer limited to just this dimension. Your thoughts that are limited here, as you step into his portal, all of a sudden your ways are higher than my ways and your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. As I come and Paul says, sit your mind on things above, 
Jesus tells John, hey, come up over here and see what I'm about to show you. As you step into this dimension of the kingdom of heaven, all of a sudden your thinking begins to shift and, th and, and change. You're no longer conformed to the patterns of this world, but now you're stepping into the kingdom of God and his dimension. All of a sudden his thoughts, his will, his desires become way more clear. Some of you are in this crossroads right now. <clears throat> You're asking God for direction. Some of you guys, right now, you're, you're in a season right now, it's the holidays and all that, but there are some decisions that need to be made, and you're just believing God, God, I need clarity. I need direction. Can I encourage you tonight to don't just, don't just live and survive and exist on this level right here, but choose to respond, if you will, step through by faith into another dimension and listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit from a heavenly perspective, not just an earthly perspective. And in this place, where all of, us, all of a sudden your thoughts are submitted to his, he'll begin to speak clearly to you. As you pray in the Spirit, that's how you open yourself up. Sometimes when we pray in our earthly languages, it's good. But when you pray in the Spirit, all of a sudden, we become aligned with the Spirit of God. And then we're, we have the ability to hear his thoughts clearly therefore we can articulate them through prayer in our natural languages. So a heavenly portal gives us the ability to see, to hear, and to declare God's perfect will here on earth as it is in heaven. Number two, very quickly, a heavenly portal, it positions you to receive and to move in kingdom authority and power. I think of Acts, you know, they, the, the, the early churches start casting out demons, and this one dude, he tries to like cast out some demons, and the demon's like, Jesus I know, and Paul I know, but who the heck are you? And he opened the can of whoop and whooped on that young disciple. <laughs> because he was not coming in heavenly authority. He was coming on earthly authority. You can't be a copycat. You have to have the real deal. How many of you know you can't delegate your prayer life? Back home they'd be going like this. We ask people to pray for us. You can, pray, you can ask people to pray and intercede for you, but they can't replace you. you. They can't pray for you, if you know what I'm saying. You gotta do your own heavy lifting. You do your praying. Seek the Lord. As you're praying, as you're seeking the Lord, all of a sudden something in the spirit begins to happen on the inside of you. Your portal begins to open, where you all of a sudden have a clear mind, a clear perspective. And then in that place, you receive an anointing that gives you the authority then to speak on in earth, here on earth as it is in heaven. Therefore, you can speak to the mountains, be moved. But if you're only praying from this dimension over here, they won't move. Whew. You got to go up. You got to respond. You got to step in and through this portal and get the mind of Christ here. And then you bring it down and declare it into your circumstances over here. Are you with me so far? You can unpack this some more. Number three, heavenly portal is opened by the Holy Spirit when you're walking in alignment with God's will. It's a partnership because ultimately he's the one who has to open it. You can't force God's hand. Your, your, your best and my best, our best, is simply a response to his initiative. We can't, we can't initiate it. But the cool thing about God is that he's constantly wanting us to access his heart. He is constantly wanting you to hear his thoughts. He is constantly wanting you to experience the kingdom of heaven that is at hand. He wants you to live in the lifestyle of open heavens. Whether you're at school and you're, you're studying, all of a sudden whew, the presence of God fills that place, or whether you're at work or at home, wherever you would be, he wants you. So you're not having to twist his arm in doing something that he doesn't want to do. But the Holy Spirit, he's the one who has to open it. And as he opens it, all of a sudden, you, you, you sense the pleasure of God, and you sense the, the, the presence of God fill your heart, fill your mind, fill your atmosphere. But that only happens if you're in alignment with his word and with his will. Why am I taking the time to massage this one? Because some of you all want the benefits, but you, you avoid the responsibilities. Thank you for the snaps. It's like friends with benefits. We want the benefits, but not the responsibilities. We want the fun times, but not the parts that, like, take work. And when it comes to aligning our lives with God, some of us, we want God's blessings because we're saying, God, I'm going to do my thing, and I just need you to bless me as I go. Wait a minute. 
You will walk in God's blessings if you're doing his will, not your will. As you're submitted to his will and you're walking in agreement with his will, then the blessings continue to come. But too many Christians, Pastor Dell, we do our own thing. I'm putting myself in there. We bake our own loaf and then we ask, Holy Spirit, would you just come and butter it now? It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Jesus said it like this. I only do as I see the Father do. He's looking into the kingdom of heaven and he's only doing what the Father is instructing him to do. As the Father goes, he goes. As the Father moves, he moves. But many of us, man, we bake the loaf and then we ask God, God, I screwed up, but can you still spare me? Can you still redeem me? And they say that forgiveness is easier than permission, right? With God, it doesn't work that way. When it comes to living in this lifestyle of open heavens, we have to submit our will. Our will. In the garden, right before Jesus is crucified, he's praying, and it's like it's an intense prayer meeting. Pretty soon he sweats blood. And it's like, Father, if there be any other way, take this cup from me, cup of iniquity, all of humanity, all the sin of every human being on this planet, both prior to Jesus, present, and after Jesus. All of those signify, it was the culmination, if you will, of all of mankind's history in one point. He says, if there be any other way, do you know what Jesus was, was, was grieving? He wasn't afraid of the sin. He actually wasn't afraid of the consequences of sin. Do you know what he was grieving when he says, Father, if there be any other way, take this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. He's surrendering and submitting to the will of the Father. But you know what he was grieving? Not the sin, not the consequences. He was grieving the separation. All he knew all along was closeness to the Father, intimacy with the Father. But sin separates you from God. And as he's looking into this cup, if you will, of all of mankind's iniquities, it's not that there was pain in the cup itself. It's like, God, I don't know anything different than knowing you intimately. If there be any other way, Father, take this cup from me. But nevertheless, not my will. Your will be done. He submitted his will even when, when it was painful, because he knew his assignment. I understood my assignment. Another conversation. The blessings of God, the portals of heaven, will only open when we're in alignment with the will of the Father. When we're being resistant like Jonah, the blessings don't come. Are you with me? Here's the difference. Sometimes there is deliberate disobedience, and then there is ignorant disobedience. When you know the will of God and you choose to do something different, the blessings won't follow you. Straight up, real talk, they won't follow you. In God's mercy, many times we are ignorant and we still drift, and God still in his mercy still kind of blesses us and keeps us because he knows we don't know. We don't know what we don't know. But once revelation comes to you and you choose to do something different, blessings ain't going to chase you down. Number four, why open heavens? Why should we pursue these things with desire? Number four, a heavenly portal is open when you pray and worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Not in lip syncing, giving him lip service, going through the motions and just doing your religious duties and checking off boxes. That's not true worship. Worship, by the way, goes way beyond music. You all know that. Worship is way more than that. I think of the, the, the widow. She came with two little pennies. And she worshiped by giving her all. And Jesus was more impressed, not with the quantity, but the quality of her expression. He was moved by that. Worship is something that actually costs us something. When is the last time that you worshiped God and there was pain in your worship? Mm, I'm going to pause right there. Take a sip of my coffee. When is the last time you worship and there was actually some sacrifice involved? Because if there's no sacrifice, is it truly worship? <laughs> well, that's a whole other conversation, right? Heavenly portal, it opens when you pray and you worship the Father in spirit and in truth. God, I come. There's a song. I'm not here for blessings. Well, eh, I am here for the blessings too, but Lord, but primarily, I'm here for you. But as I'm here for you, I know that the blessings come. But many of us, and that's why I like Cody when he, when he wrote that song, because like many of us, we come for the blessings, it's the, the hookups, the, the, the privileges, that God, you make me feel so good kind of like moments. God, I, that's all good, but I'm seeking you 
God of Jacob, I'm seeking your face. And then if your hands want to bless me too, I'll seek your hands later. But I want to face, I want to seek your face first. You're more important than what you can do for me, God. As we, as we seek him for who he is and we're a ministry to him, heaven opens up. Number five. Again, you can unpack this, Pastor Dale, and preach it at another time. Number five, a heavenly portal is open wider when there is unity amongst God's people. That's why when you pray, when you come into a place like this, and you, be, you, get, you begin to lift up the name of Jesus, the young lady playing the keys tonight, it's like, man, girl, it's like the anointing of God in this place, the worship team leading us out. We're lifting the name of Jesus, and we're glorifying him. There's a togetherness. We're not checking, like, did the Niners win in overtime or not? Like, what, what's going on? Like, no, we were focused. We, and they won, by the way. And they press, we press in. A, a, a heavenly portal opens up. The blessings of God come, and he inhabits the praises of his people. That's open heavens right there. But it doesn't have to stop once this meeting is over. That's the cool thing about this lifestyle, more than religion. Religion, you go and you get your fix. But in this relationship, it's ongoing. You can actually go home, and as you're driving your car or wherever you might be at, all of a sudden, open heavens. All of a sudden, your car is filled with the presence of God. Why? Because you are a gateway to heaven. Jesus in you, the hope of glory. He is the way, the truth, the gateway, the path, the pathway, the road, the gatekeeper. He is the way maker. He is in you by the Spirit of God, and all of a sudden, you have access. Now, I could preach this all night long. I'm going to give you... Three thoughts and I'm done. Maybe someone can jump on the keyboards. Um, keys to keeping this heavenly portal open. Number one, keep your prayer and worship game on. Not just in church Sunday nights, but build an altar every day. Set time aside for God. Get your Spotify. Listen, it doesn't matter if you listen to Elevation or Maverick City or Doe or whoever it would be that you'd be listening to. They can't worship for you. Sometimes they might even get in the way. Maybe you need to tune that out and just like, I'm going to make a joyful noise. God, I can't sing on key, but I'm going to make a joyful noise because you are worthy to be praised. And as you're worshiping, as you cultivate that and you keep that everywhere you go, whether you're at a Starbucks and a witch tries to come into that room or wherever. <laughs> the praise and worship, that's what keeps things open. It's a lifestyle. Worship lifestyle number two, unity. Strive for unity. If we sat here and we took notes on everything that we do wrong, we'd be here for a long time because we do a lot of wrong things. By the way, I'm so proud of this young church. Y'all are in your pull-up diapers now, which is awesome. First, the first year, you're just straight up diapers. There's just messes everywhere. That's that's the local church. And now you're just over a year old. Now you're in pull-up diapers. There's still, some, but there's less messes now. There's more unity. There's more togetherness. If everyone agreed on everything, that would be uniformity. That doesn't work. But unity is when you can actually choose to dwell together even though you have different perspectives, different preferences. But we set aside our preferences and we say, God, it's about your preferences. Let your kingdom come, not mine. Let your kingdom come and your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. And wherever two or three come in his name, there he abides. Psalm 33. How blessed it is when brothers come together in unity. As we strive to lift, lift up the name of Jesus, there the blessings come down. Heavens open up. God smiles at us. And he continues to do his thing. Finally, number three, <clears throat> I hate this one, obedience. How many of you know that delayed obedience is still disobedience? When God speaks to you, you respond. You say, yes, sir, speak. Your servant is listening. God, I'm going to do it tomorrow. It's too late. If we punt it till next week, we've already disobeyed. When the Holy Spirit says, now respond, you respond right then and there. Obedience. Obedience is a choice. It's not an emotion. Rarely is it convenient. It's, it's extremely uncomfortable most of the time. When the Holy Spirit begins to nudge you, yeah, you should, um, you should obey me now. Do it. As you do it, the portal of heaven just gets wider because God just pleased. He goes, I know it was difficult. I invite you to stand to your feet. I know it was tough. Go ahead and stand to your feet throughout. I want to pray over you. What is the prophetic? What is the prophetic? The prophetic is when you align yourself to the word of God.
I'm not sure if I almost did something sacrilegious. I don't want to step on that. But the prophetic is when you stand up and you climb into another place, heavenly places, you hear the thoughts of God, you feel the heartbeat of God. All of a sudden, it's like, man, I'm tuning into a frequency that is higher than my own. You're above the clouds. You're above the heavenly dimensions. It's a prophetic dimension because it's the kingdom of heaven. And you hear the thoughts of God, and all of a sudden, you begin to speak it into this dimension. That's what prophetic, do you know that there is no prophetic prayer? Like, I hear, I, I'm, I'm sure we say these things, right? Prayers are both vertical and horizontal. You don't prophesy to God, you prophesy from God. So when you're praying, you're lifting a spiritual thought or declaration to God. And then as you climb into this place of open heavens, you hear his thoughts. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, but to give you hope in the future. I know my plans. You don't, but I do. Come up here and hear my plans. Hear my thoughts. For my ways, Isaiah says, my ways, God speaking through him, are higher than yours. Respond. Access the portal and hear my thoughts. Don't hear the noise that you hear from everyone around you, including Christians. Hear my heart. And as you step into this place and you hear his, then all of a sudden, something happens. And you begin to speak to your mountains. Be moved. And you begin to prophesy into your circumstances. This is not the will of the Father. This is not the end of my story. This is not the end of my son's journey. This is not the end of my prodigal. And you begin to prophesy. You begin to speak his will here on earth as it is in heaven. And then something begins to change. Open heavens. That's what God has for you. First thing I want to do tonight is just very briefly, it's all about the response. I want us all to pray this prayer, if you don't mind. I'm kind of making myself at home, but I mean, I know your story, your journey, or even your name. Maybe you've been distant from God. And you're here right now, or you're watching online. If you had to be brutally honest with yourself, saying, I'm not right with God. Real talk, I'm not right with God. He's not the designated driver in my life. I've been calling my own shots. He's not the Lord. I'm the Lord of my life. If that's where you find yourself, the great news that we have is that the Bible says, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Anyone, that includes you and me. So I want to lead us in this prayer of surrendering, where we invite Jesus to take the wheel of our lives where he takes control. Where we no longer call the shots, we say, God, ah, not my will, though I love doing it my way, but not my will, your will be done. As we surrender to him and he takes control, now he's the Lord of our life. That's step number one. You can't have open heavens over you if you're not surrendered that way. So I'm gonna invite you to pray with me and I don't need you to be a parrot today. You can train a parrot. Pastor Dale sucks. No, no, that's what, that's what no, not this Pastor Dale. Parrots can be trained to say things. You don't need to just repeat, but if this is your conviction of your heart, God will hear the expression of your own heart wherever you're at. Again, whether you're in person or online. Would you pray with me? Would you repeat after me? Say, Jesus. We can do better than that. Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for coming after me. Today I open my heart. I invite you into my life. Be the Lord of my life. I repent of all my sins and all my selfish ways. I surrender fully to you. Thank you, Jesus, for coming after me, for pursuing me, for saving me. Help me now to live a life of purpose where I honor you and I make a difference in other people's lives. In your name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's give all of our friends who pray that maybe for the first time for a prayer rededication. Now I want to pray this prayer of open heavens over us. I believe that something is being activated in the spirit right now. You've been hearing it. It's been like just kind of been stirring your heart a little bit and you're feeling like a little agitation. This ain't no hype. We don't need hype. It's the Spirit of God that is already here. He is here. There are open heavens here already. The pleasure of the Lord is here because He loves you. You didn't earn His affirmation. 
you receive his affirmation. You didn't earn his grace, you are a recipient of his grace. And he wants to reveal his heart in and through you. So I want to invite you all throughout the auditorium and those watching online, would you raise your hands to heaven? Allow me to declare these things over us tonight. In the name of Jesus. Father, even tonight, we thank you for open heavens. I thank you that you're not a God who is afar off, but you are near to us. So God, we say, let your kingdom come and let your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Father, I pray that even tonight, right now in this moment, the heavens would open both collectively, corporately, as well as personally. God, that we would sense and experience the presence of God. That you would download your thoughts. That you would download your heartbeat into ours. That we would know the mind of Christ. That we would, we would receive a measure of your spirit right now. Right now in this place. We submit our hearts to you. We submit our minds to you. We submit our confession to you. And we say, God, have your way. Have your way. Have your way now in this place. Have your way now in this place. Now, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.